When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Previously on Weedian House. You have to study. You have to study. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. and make the same mistakes. That is what's going to make us strong, what's going to make us win. Yeah. You know, and I think it's bigger than everybody else. Really, the culture of care, of like being like, look, there's no separation between us and folks on the street. Like, literally, that is you, that's someone's uncle, that's someone's brother. And if and if we really can move away from this sort of separation, right? You see someone hurting or see someone needs help, you do something about it. Welcome back to Weedian House. I'm your host, Theo Henderson. First, this is the opportunity where I usually thank the listeners who have reached out to me and giving encouraging words, suggestions, or just some facts about Weedian House. I would like to take this moment to thank Amy Zamudio from San Diego, a tireless activist who has been really pushing for the rights of unhoused people in San Diego, who has pulled my coattail, Weedian House's coattail, on the issue of houseless patient dumping. There are two main hospitals that were culprits of this, and this is a perfect storm of disinterest, and I want to extend a very deep appreciation and thank you for allowing me to meet some of the residents and interview them, as well as her hosting me as a gracious host. Our next episode after this will be covering San Diego and the issues that beset it. This week, we're going to continue the conversation we began last week with three prominent L.A. activists. What are the differences between mutual aid, charity, and philanthropy? There's a lot more to say, but not before we get into some unhoused news. Hypothermia is the leading cause of death in Los Angeles, more so than the colder climes such as New York and Chicago. As the winter drags on, the risk of hypothermia is still a major threat to the unhoused community. And as usual, the city of Los Angeles is not doing enough to help. At the time we're recording, no additional winter shelters have been added. This means there are only 388 beds in winter shelters for over 75,000 unhoused people in the greater Los Angeles area. 
If you're interested in getting to a winter shelter, I wanted to be sure to share the information for the shelters that are currently accepting people. If you have been to one of these shelters and want to share your experience, please reach out to me at www.wethenhouse.com. We aired this list during our last episode as well. And I wanted to make a note that LASA has not updated these numbers on their website since early January. And Weedy and House does not have access to the exact number of beds available at the time of this recording. The number of beds listed are of a total number in each shelter. Here are the facilities that are operating in the area until March 31st, 2024. 44 beds at Volunteers of America. Address 45 150th Street in West Lancaster, California. The population they serve is co-ed. 35 beds at Advancing Communities Together. It is at 38 626th Street in East Palmdale, California. Only open from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. on weekdays and 24 hours on Saturday and Sunday. Population served, co-ed. 50 beds at home at last. 8768 South Broadway, Los Angeles. Population served, women. 11 beds at Assured Lifestyle Housing. 9519 South Figueroa, Los Angeles. Population served, co-ed. Nine beds at Assured Lifestyle Housing, 700 West Florence, Los Angeles. Population served, co-ed. 41 beds at First to Serve, 1718 West Vernon Avenue, Los Angeles. Population served, co-ed. 60 beds at Bryant Temple Community Development, 5500 South Hoover Street, Los Angeles. Population served, men. 32 beds at Abundant Blessings, 1133 South Ardmore Avenue, Los Angeles. Population served, men. 55 beds at New Reflections, 8311 Southwestern Avenue, Los Angeles. Population served, men. 11 beds at Whittier First Day, 12426 Whittier Boulevard, Whittier, California. Population served, co-ed. And 40 beds at First to Serve, 702 West Anaheim Street, Long Beach, California. Population served, co-ed. Our next story is in San Diego. Craig Foss, 74, has pled not guilty for the deaths of unhoused members Rodney Diffendahl, Randy Ferris, and Walter Jones in San Diego. Craig Voss ran his vehicle into 50 people in an encampment community on March 15, 2001. He has recently had a mental competency hearing and claimed he was incompetent for the acts that he committed and shouldn't be responsible for running over 50 people. Our next story. There has been a conscientious effort to criminalize unhoused people across the country, and Kentucky is no exception. Using buzzwords such as safety, mentally ill, criminal, and dangerous as the lead-in to otherwise illegal unconstitutional laws. Kentucky has a bill called Safer Kentucky Act, otherwise known as HB5, is giving house people the legal authority to kill or harm unhoused people if they find them sleeping near or on their property. Imagine inclement weather and unhoused people trying to find a place to stay warm out of the elements. And this bill is in effect. This will give the legal right to use deadly force against unhoused people because of that. The bill has also banned street camping. This means 
that it will be against the law for unhoused people to live on the street similarly to 4118 in Los Angeles, California. The bill has met with vigorous opposition from housing advocates. As you know, houselessness is a symptom of a larger issue that has little to do with personal individual blame or responsibility. There are nearly 4,000 people in Kentucky that are houseless, according to the National Coalition of Homeless Statistics. What this means for the unhoused is death. The last time the Supreme Court was asked to weigh in on houselessness was in 2019. They declined to hear the appeal against Martin v. Boise ruling. Martin v. Boise was a ruling that stated that it was cruel and unusual punishment to criminalize unhoused people when there are no places for unhoused people or shelters for them to go. Governor Gavin Newsom has stated support of overturning Martin v. Boise to make it easier for encampments to be cleared and claims that it will help the unhoused gain access to services. Enter the care courts that he and Mary Karen Bass have been arm-in-arm pushing to solve the houseless problem. Using phrases like service resistance and offering non-existent services to an already beleaguered community, they return the blame of houselessness onto the individual instead of systemic issues of houselessness. This includes exploding rents, unlivable wages, and gentrification. A lot of this resembles 4118 in Los Angeles, which we talked about on the show many times. 4118 is the Jim Crow of this era. It is against the law for unhoused people to sit, sleep, or lie where it is posted in businesses, schools, hospitals, or anywhere a NIMBY or business owner will claim that unhoused people is detracting or a danger or using those code words that I mentioned earlier. Finally, our Weedy and House exclusive interview this week is a long-standing ally of the unhoused community. Danny Park and his family has been in Skid Row in L.A. during a time of great racial upheaval. If you can remember, Soon Daju was given a light sentence for murdering 15-year-old Latasha Harlings for attempting to buy bottled orange juice. As a result, tensions ran very high and an uprising ensued in the community. Taking this opportunity to open bridges of community and understanding, Park's family opened a store in the heart of Los Angeles in the unhoused community. Here's his story. As a second-generation Korean-American, taking this door over, one of the privileges uh, is that me and my sister, we were able to go to school, college, uh, opportunities that my mom and dad never had. Uh, We speak the language, uh, something that my mom and dad, they just the access to the English language. And so a lot of the work has been getting into those conversations with your beloveds and uh, really, it's like that struggle and the creative tension, while also holding each other for everything that I've been able to like learn, uh, like been able to like share that with you know my family, who is all part of this door, and which is all the understanding that is all very important to how and why we operate in the way we should. Um, for people that didn't know in Los Angeles, the, the tensions that they had with the L.A. riots with Latasha Harling. I remember one time when I came into the store, you guys had a, basically a memorial for her. Yeah. And I was really struck because uh, most of the times, you know, that conversation is a tiptoe conversation or it doesn't being expressed. Or I was also warned by 
the attempt to have a conversation or have I had to do a double take. I was like, oh, okay, I'll even buy the juice that he's got over here. So let me see what's because that shows some um, a, a lot of bravery. So what motivated you to do that? Yeah, like you said, Soon Jadu, the murder of Latasha Harlins, is not something that's uh, openly talked about uh, in the Korean community. There's obviously a lot of shame, hurt, and really like a lot of unprocessed feelings, thoughts, and emotions, and also denial. Mm-hmm. And those are all like the, the ingredients of what we call like racism, genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, you do something bad to somebody, you deny you did that, and then you, you forget that you ever uh, denied it. Uh, th- those is what they say is like genocide. Um, and really, uh, I think that comes from you first do it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot, uh, you know, a lot of uh, Korean American have, they all have a lot of trauma coming from war. And mm-hmm. there is from that, there's also a lot of self-hatred. And so even it's amongst our own communities where uh, there's a lot of violence amongst our own. The unfortunate thing is like we, we always find the scapegoat or the the other, right? Mm-hmm. The quote-unquote other. The other guy's problem. Yeah. And oh, so, blank. yeah. And so that's what we see with mass shootings, all this just, you know, like. I was wondering, what would you define this mutual aid, charity of philanthropy? Because I think your community story is a bit, a little bit outside the crayon mark. So tell us a little bit about that. So a little bit about uh, mutual aid, uh, working as a business, community institution, uh, even a service provider. Um, You know, really, I think, comes from the idea that there's no like privatization in the fact that not one person owns things. The earth is something we honor, land, material resources, food, rice, uh, plants, air, water. And so these are meant to be shared. Uh, it really comes from that and, and, and the honoring of that like cycle. If you have, you give. And that is the, like, the um, circulation of that. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, it's also a response from, you know, immense um, just hoarding, cap- extreme capitalism. And, but really, uh, I think just the fundamental is like the, the really the sacred economy, you know. Now, capitalism always has winners and losers. And one of the things that I wanted to point out, too, is like the fact that this system is a broken system. We try to make the best that we can. We have to look out for each other. You know? Yeah, yeah. We have to look out for each other. I think that's where it's at. And that's Unhouse News for this week. Up next, we get to talk to the people at the forefront of the LA activist community and get into the nitty gritty around what it really takes to have a consistent and positive impact on the community. Stay with us. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back to Weedy and How. In our last episode, I gathered three activists and organizers in the L.A. area who are close to my heart to talk about mutual aid, charity, and philanthropy. There are a lot of common misconceptions. And Melissa Asadero of the Polo's Pantry Food Distribution Project, Zen Sekisawa of J-Town Action Solidarity, and Neil Blakemore had a lot to share about their journeys into mutual aid. This week, we continued our conversation. Let's listen in. One of the things that I, I would like if there's anything to foresight is that the movement is changing with as well as technological advances and we must, well, there's some people that still want to go back to the seventies, eighties, but we must really look at understanding our current generation is not going to be able to do what we did in the seventies. They're going to have to be as innovative, creative, daring, and bold as our, our leaders from the past, because Mutual aid requires it. In our, this movement requires it. Just as the enemy gets much more creative, we must get creative. We cannot rely on antiquated kind of ideas to trap us into it because that's like, because it doesn't know, it does nobody it's all, good. Yeah, it's all conditioning. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's one of the things that I noticed, like, and we, we already know, we, we've had to talk. <laughs> like, like, okay, we ate in the 70s. We ate <laughs> right around, you know, this is not going to work like that. This is a little bit different. But we can also get yeah, there is principles that we can look to, but we also have to not turn off our when I used to say our thinking cap in school. So I don't get my teacher talk old. <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay to be innovative because you have to find your place in the movement because there is a place for everyone. Yeah. We have to be innovative because we cannot build from the same lens as before. Absolutely. So it's like no. we literally cannot be thinking in the same terms. We cannot be like we're not we can't think on the same barriers and and we have to really it's almost like we have to heal ourselves out of like the programming that mm-hmm. we've yeah. been built because mm-hmm. sometimes like like i'll be doing something and then you know like i'll be talking to someone they're like your your vision is too small mm-hmm. or something and i'm just like huh, i thought it was big enough mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you forget that you really have to like okay then what does that actually look like and so now i'm grateful this year has been pretty massive for me I got two fellowships, a national and a, a local one. Cool. Would you say, like, you and I share that? Yeah, the, uh, the activist in residence. residence. Yeah, um, that has been life changing. Mm-hmm. And then the my national food justice fellowship with Castanea was mm-hmm. also like also incredibly life changing. And so now that I have a year of that sort of fellowship, it's been 
phenomenal just because now I have all this sort of like weaving of ancestral knowledge and language and policy, all the things that I think I had just sort of been missing in the and like just the way that I was processing stuff. And it's also nice just to kind of be around farmers mm-hmm. and lawyers and folks who are in like working on funding and just like folks different parts of the food system but really like the conversations that we have with each other <laughs> Theo's phone is always oh, yeah. going it's off very, <laughs> he is very it's much <laughs> like wanted man it's your it's your own podcast right. yeah. seriously <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Strangely yeah. enough, I had uh, people that have listened to my podcast responding. Uh, thank you for the encouraging words. But <laughs> well, I think, like, I mean, like, Theo, like, you've created such a, such, like, the space, you know? And I think that's what we're all meant to do is create these spaces for people to come in and then figure out, like, oh, I think what I, again, going back to the, to, to Jazz's model, like, I love how it's grown so much organically. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. you look and I'm like, Oh my God, they're like, you know, like you guys are doing different things. Like mm-hmm. you have speakers and I, I love the, I love the variety and it's almost like a garden. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we have like, you know, we have like roses this week. Now next week we have like daisies. <laughs> I mean, but it's just like, it's just a beautiful garden of different things. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's a response to what the folks need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we're that. just constantly, you know, they, like we have, uh, we call it power up broadcasting system mm-hmm. pubes, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, it's for people to talk about stuff. Yeah. Like I, you know, I keep on going back to like sharing information, yeah. exposing politicians, uh, just sharing your stories. And we have a mic, an open mic, and people just share their things, or like they'll even share a poem or an announcement or anything like that. And I think that's like super crucial. And I think like, I want to also touch base on like how mutual aid is a really good starting point for organizing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is not the end point Mm -hmm. at all whatsoever, but that's the beauty of mutual aid. When you do it the right way, you realize how everything is connected and everybody is connected. Like, yeah, we say fuck capitalism, fuck, gentrification <laughs> fuck the police <laughs> fuck the bid yeah. like yeah. fuck all of these things can yes. i say fuck mm-hmm. yes. yes okay <laughs> <laughs> i didn't hear a beep so. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah you know i think a lot of people don't really see the connections between why we fight so hard with folks on the street mm-hmm. and how then we also take that same sort of fight to the developers, mm-hmm. right? To yeah. the politicians, mm-hmm. obviously the police. Yeah. Um, like I also think at Power Up, like the residents that do come understand that from yeah. us. And then we try to, you know, tell them why we're here. You know, mm-hmm. we're not funded by the city. We're not a charity, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and like we talk about our values, mm-hmm. how we fundamentally are against the police. And these are the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And this is harm reduction and there's no shame in it, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And um, we have we pass out pamphlets that we write <laughs> yeah, and stuff. So, I love yeah, that. it's great. And I love that. I think also, like, yeah, we have a lot of artists, but we have a lot of very dedicated people who are very into political education. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a beautiful balance that we have with practice in theory in jazz mm-hmm. and like, um, 
yeah, I, I can't <laughs> believe it. Like it, it, I love everyone. Everybody's doing everything they can. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. You guys are, yeah, it, it really is. Again, it's a celebration. Really, you should. We should celebrate how much jazz has bloomed, mm-hmm. and 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 I I want to continue obviously to support you guys. And as Polos grows, and as we in the house, as all of us grow our 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 like our work, you know, like yeah, how do we how do we create more strength in jazz? Well, it's you not, know, it's just like we have to create strength in. Everyone, Everyone's others, or, yeah. other mm-hmm. organizations, because without a party mm-hmm. backing up anybody, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna fail, yeah, right? Like right. we right. need a vanguard party. Yeah. We need the masses. We need unification. Which yeah. brings interesting. You bring it up because there's two things that when you were saying is like when I first started Weedy and House, and because it's it started partly because I had close friends of mine that had some myopic views about houselessness. And they just couldn't for the life of me, uh, for the life of themselves, to understand how it affected someone like me, educated guy, I'm out on the street, well, you can just magically get a job and you can be away with the riffraff. And I could not necessarily articulate to my satisfaction the the interlocking uh, nemesis, uh, which is plaguing people like me or others as, as well. I says all it takes is a medical emergency and your ass is on the street. I don't give. Yeah. I don't care if you have a PhD. You know. If, yep. You know. If you don't have a family support system, like which is like the nucleus of like mutual aid or support system to mm-hmm. to weather the hard times, you're not going to make it in this system yeah. because it's designed for you to fail. It is yeah. designed for you to be harmed, and it is designed to gaslight you anytime that you take a really an introspective lens and to look at the situation. So when I did Woody and House, I'm like, I know, particularly this year, I was like, I, I really am drawn upon my educational background to make sure, like, because of the inform- educational disinformation, it is incumbent upon me and other places to create an educational information highway where people can understand the nuances, the different uh, conversational points and why we do what we do. We're just not out here doing this willy nilly. We're doing this for a purpose. We're doing this for an aim. We're doing this with connective understanding. And what, what Zen accurately point out, it is long past time because I always say this, we may not be plugged into the political system as well, but you damn sure the opposition is plugged in and they are working their ass off. Or if there's a beep, this, they're working their butts off <laughs> to make sure that we are not plugged in. And it is incumbent upon us to look at, how, figure out what creative ways or what systems that we can create ourselves Mm -hmm. in order for us to have our voice and our motive and our missions pushed because once we get into these offices you know if you're there to get the work done you know get your 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 pool and support let's get this done let's not you know sit on our hands you know or drink the pool of you know you know money and 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 fame and next thing you know and you just you just a what useless waste of space (laughs) so i've been i've been trying to also kind of unplug and really just sort of listening i I literally have been like just writing everything down that i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to figure out too like how do we how do we like with everything happening and the heaviness of it all like how do we pierce through all that you know and just stay connected to like our work and just the principle of it how do we keep ourselves fired up when it looks terrifying? Well, you know, I think one of the things that I like this uh, webpage I'm on is uh, Black Women is they're finding the joy. 
I think yeah. what people think when we're mm-hmm. dealing with, uh, and, and I will mention about the Palestinian and things of that nature, even through all of the tragedy, they are looking for joy in order to keep themselves moving. Right. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that we, um, sometimes we could be, uh, you know, you know, a, a, a fussy Gus or, you know, a, you know, doomsayer and, and it, things are abysmal no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but I come from an, uh, a tradition that we utilize joy and different things and mitigated pain through different elements in order for us to keep going. And that's the same thing we have to do. We have to create with art, uh, music, theater, yeah. you know, any kind of way to advance our cause, but also to re- keep rekindle our spirits and keep it going. And I think mm-hmm. that's another thing. And it's innovative. Like, uh, I, I have to say, I have to give a shout out to Ruth Lesser. Ruth mm-hmm. is yes. like, she mm-hmm. is one of those firebrands. She's an unhoused mm-hmm. activist, but she finds the creativity. She finds the beauty, but she finds a way to keep the message across, but she keeps that fire going. And yeah. I was to say, you know, I'm wondering, I mentioned her in the last episode, but the point is, is that that's, this is what the spirit is. This is what activism is. We must, as, as us, uh, to keep doing it, not get where, you know, we can get tired, but we can't give out. That's an old fashioned saying, yeah. but yeah. And I think like, you know, one of the, you were talking earlier, uh, Zen, about how mutual aid is the starting point, but it's not the end point. And, and I think, you know, it's about building trust, you know, the task ahead of us as organizers, as people who are fighting for liberation is involves a lot of risk, but it's also, it can be fun to make fun of the police. (laughs) So, you know, building those like relationships where you can joke and have fun with the shit that you're doing, stuff that you're doing um, is is so important. And, and, Keep, can help like keep your spirit elevated yeah. and and uh, because you're absolutely right it is it is heavy and and um the things going on in the world the streams images that are streaming across all of our phones and computers mm-hmm. are are really upsetting and you know just maybe get some paint and throw it on a couple cop cars or something. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the least you can do <laughs> i mean really the like i think you know, we always get a lot of heat from our community about like our aggressive tactics. Mm. Oh yeah, oh. and um, you know, it's such a it's such a disconnected like viewpoint of people who don't really understand the violence that we come across mm-hmm. every single day, mm-hmm. and they do it too. They just choose to ignore it. Like they can't. You cannot unsee what's happening in LA with, yeah. with people being on the street. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they choose to. So then, yeah, it's just really wild. Like to think that like yelling at a politician is too much. I mean, or just calling out somebody in the community is yeah. too much. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. You probably killed a bunch of people. In this community, and we are just saying, you suck, and now your feelings are hurt, and now it's a problem. Like I I, I think, like, it's just, again, back to dehumanization. Like, you you just, it's dehumanization, it's separation, it's it's saying who's who's worthy of care, who's not. Mm -hmm. And if if you're able to successfully say, like, to other people, then it makes it easier for the public to consume, oh, okay exterminating them is of course like for our for our safety yeah. mm-hmm. and and it, the separation and the war and really the, the the warring is really like part of also the mechanism of the system to keep mm-hmm. us separated mm-hmm. so even us talking right now even us 
organizing together mm-hmm. is also a threat. And mm-hmm. I think even talking to friends, even friends in Oakland and other places, I feel like it's the first time LA in a way has just really super activated in a way that like a lot of people haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really exciting a lot of people the yeah. way that we've been organizing together. They're we like need, something's going on. We need to come LA. together. Uh-huh. We need a united front. We do. We do. Yeah. We, yeah, do, we, do. We, need, we need a united front. We need unity, criticism, unity mm-hmm. that builds a united front. Right now, on the left, it's criticism, no unity, more criticism. <laughs> yes. Right, yes, and yeah, like yeah. we need to we need stop that. Yep. We need to hold our nose. We. We don't have to like each other. <sighs> I you mean, yeah. we, kind of, we have to respect each other because we're yeah. all fighting for the same thing. We have to get on that page. And if we can all just believe that we're fighting for one thing and forget the rest, let's just focus on that one thing we're fighting for liberation. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Right. Who cares what you did in the Zoom room like 10 years ago and you said that shit. That's yeah. fine. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's messed up. That's for a space. That's not this. Right. I think we're going to quickly learn as things get worse because we know it's going to get bad. But that's right. the thing. Like, yeah. we don't. Why? Do, I know. That's the struggle, right? Yeah, it's like, the struggle. Yeah, right I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, look what's ha- in Palestine. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's disgusting. It's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But this has been going on for how long? For how long? For how long? And we've let it go on yeah, for how long? Yeah. And now it's this, yeah. mm-hmm. right? We'll be back in just a moment for the rest of our conversation. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year 
at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we're back. I love that we're going in here because I think that's important because Palestine, I see a lot of people calling it the litmus test, right? Like where where it's like it's created a very strong line Mm -hmm. between, right? It's a huge division now. And so we're beginning to really see the folks who are still still staying with the old, saying the old part of paradigm of like really kind of like still carrying Western and like white supremacy and all that thought. And the rest of us thinking like, I mean, we're all looking at this and know that this is literally them telling us like this could be any of you. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. That's literally what they're trying to say especially with all the doubling down. And so for the rest of us, we're like, oh, shit. Like, no one is stopping them. And even the goddamn fucking UN was just worthless. Like, let's just talk Mm -hmm. about this. All the international humanitarian groups, even the fucking UN, like, you know, like, it's just none of them are useful for what we're seeing. And we all have been, like, kind of duped into thinking that having those sort of, like, kind of, structures that construction is gonna like protect us no it's not it's literally showing us that yeah we can be annihilated i mean the un is just like a reformist sort of situation (laughs) for imperialism right and and if if you know if you have five five or seven countries that can unilaterally decide against something and one of them is perpetuating or funding a genocide then of course it's a completely useless organization because they're not going to hold themselves accountable yeah I don't think we understand the levels of just like not just like actual destruction, but the destruction in people's minds of just how fucked up this country is. Like, mm-hmm. well, I think I think really. And and you know, going back to that point about them sort of saying this is our plan. Right now, billionaires are trying to privatize all the water, yeah, yeah. and that's going to become something that we all fight for. And, yeah. and the land to the agricultural land, like Bill Gates, literally. Like yeah. I forgot that I was literally. I've just been. I'm going to find the tweet. I said it like literally when, as soon as he started buying agricultural land, I'm like, this is going to be a problem. He yeah. is stepping into farmland. Yeah. yeah. He is. He He's is. got a quarter of a million acre, acres of farmland in the United States. Mm. I mean, okay. The odds are in our favor. Absolutely. So uh-huh. it's 1% of them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And 99% of us. Yeah. We just have to get that. People don't realize that, right? Like, how do we do it? How do we do it? And, and, you know, it's it's about dis disillusioning people because, like, it's it's getting over that fear that that what's on the other side is going to be worse, right? It's like so many people you talk to them about some liberated future. Their response is, "Well, what about the warlords?" And I'm like, you know, we're we're actively trying to construct something better. We're not just like haphazardly throwing ourselves into chaos or something. So I don't think we really need to worry about that in that yeah, and to yeah, the degree that, yeah. that it comes up, but it's about getting people past that so that they yeah. can see like, Oh, this could be a better step. Yeah. And you know what I love though, is that I, what I love is that it's the labor movement. That's just giving me life too. Cause watching mm-hmm. them disrupt mm-hmm. like capitalism has been fire. And I feel mm-hmm. like, Labor organizing is going to help us, like, really create the big, like, the big hits. Let me interject there, because this is why I, this very same point is why I, I 
say we need to pay attention to this obsession with cop cities because mm-hmm. the enemy does know that they, that they are getting skinnier yes. and their packs are coming in from all directions. Yeah. Why do you think that they're getting military new military equipment? Why yep. do you think that they're getting training from Israel <laughs> to do these kind of things mm-hmm. here? Because yeah. they know that eventually that you can't keep, like I said, capitalism, you can't sustain it. But the point of it is, is that they know that somewhere that someone is going to be the one that's not going to care and is going to risk it all. And it's going to set a cascade event that people will just follow suit. I think the the labor movement is really labor. The labor movement has started it Mm -hmm. because because they're doing this in waves. They're not going to stop. Like I have really good friends who are badass organizers in labor organizing and they're just they're not going to stop. dude. They're going to they're literally going to start slaying that. So now we have to go in waves. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if they're, it's literally just, I feel like we just got to think of it as a beast. It's going it's, to, we just have to weaken it and weaken it and weaken it. And most of us can start killing it. And right. I feel like labor has to cripple it first. Mm-hmm. And like, we got to cripple it. Personally, I'm not going to argue against the reform or something, but the reform is not the win. The reform is just a step towards a thing. And we we need to be at a place where we are thinking of what the long term the, fi- the final yeah. goal is because I think you know a hundred years ago there was a wave of revolutions people sort of rested on their laurels yeah and yeah. and we can't do that we can't get comfortable until no, no, we've no, achieved not like this long. yeah and and I think we're at a moment because of the climate we have a, a more intense existential sort of crisis yeah. uh, that that we can rise up to meet that moment. And, you know, one, one thing you were talking about, what the enemy is doing, Elbit Systems, the company that built the AI gun turrets on the walls around Gaza, mm-hmm. they built a surveillance system around the Tohono O'odham uh, Reservation in Arizona, and they're putting those similar kinds of things on the wall in Mexico. So it literally is their plan mm-hmm. to, yeah. to do the same thing yeah. uh, here yeah. that What's going on? And I, and I think like I think like the the actions, the direct actions that have been around, like disrupting the movement of those weapons or the or the manufacturing of those things. If we could really get people, really, really, kind of just to, because even I think that even now, even if we still see violence from police, we also have to remember that the police force too has also declined. Like they don't have new recruit. Like they're 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 struggling. Cause I see a lot of like asking folks to sign up to be a police and it's becoming like like i think us shifting the culture is helping even if you don't think that it's not even if we still have violence on our streets it's Mm -hmm. helping because it's changing the this the the consciousness of people out there and like you know there's not enough i mean you're thinking about that there's not enough people going into the police force Mm -hmm. yeah so we got to squeeze that out Mm -hmm. right and i think Mm -hmm. we're doing it it might not feel that way, but I feel like we. I feel like it's. I feel like we're. I feel like we do have to remind each other that we're winning in some way. And not only we're that, shifting the culture. And mostly, I want to also do two things too. Um, you see how they are also trying to throw in the migrant and the unhoused yeah. mm-hmm. uh, dichotomy to make it seem like we fight against yeah. each other. Yeah. And I think that's an integral co- uh, communication and definitely a connection that we need to start to band together yeah. because mm-hmm. no matter if you're displaced from Mexico here, when displaced you know, on the streets here, we all suffer the same basic instincts. We need food. Mm-hmm. We need the safety. Mm-hmm. We need to mm-hmm. be able to survive mm-hmm. in the system that is very hostile to anybody, yeah. person brown or black or whatever that's poor. 
that's the that's the enemy right there. Yeah. And most the second thing is is for my education I is I know in order for this to be successful because I and I'm and I you guys are uh, younger than me. I I, <laughs> I know not, not <laughs> much. Um, well, not much. I okay. have to say Jesus that, uh, I have to say that you know that the sharpening up and, and, and gearing up the younger generation because they will, and I talk this, I've always believed that the younger generation will push to open the doors farther, oh, yeah. more so than we oh, are. Yeah. And no, we may, and, and, and to, you know, really reinvest into educating them, showing oh, them yes. how to do that. Like one of the things when you were doing and during the pandemic, you were engaging with the high school students into Food and justice and justice. And and I think that's the part of polos that I really want to I really want to strengthen is political education and really getting getting a strong pillar around education, around food justice and sort of like the the, like kind of the huge network of it. And also marrying that to EJ, like environmental justice, because that also has strong like it's all connected. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think for anyone, because right now we just have to draw them in, right? The entry point, people are like, ooh, food, like just you kind of, again, make it sexy, like draw them in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> draw them in and then educate, look, it's, like, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like we have to create this mall of like social justice. So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you want food justice polos, you want to go in, you know, like, and you have like jazz, mm-hmm. everything, everything's selling. Mm-hmm. Speaking stupid capitalist terms, mm-hmm. like we're selling different shit. It's all the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. We're all working for the same thing, but but it's all. It's basically like we have to we have to really make work this work attractive. And it's like we all have different gifts too, right? Yeah. Someone might want to cook, or someone might want to just you know like like perform or do something like yeah. on the street with folks, and just like. And we some have people to, are activists that need to go out and protest. Yes, we need we them need too. Different, right. We know need, we we need right. different things, but like, yeah, you know, we, we have to have things. we have some we have to have the ones that love to do the banners. Yes, we have to have the agitators. Yes. I know people didn't you know look <laughs> side eyed, but you have like we're to, to attack them from all sides, and we need to understand. They're going to attack us from all. They're going to yeah. infiltrate our movements. They're going to do everything they can there to draw are, the yeah, vision. Yeah, they're already attacking us. Well, right. So yeah. we yeah. got to be able yeah. to have that same kind of foresight to understand. And we have to, like, for example, understand that the ability, because I, I've noticed that a lot of times in the older movements, we always talking about forgiving and turning as a cheek. We need to extend that to the younger community, too, mm. because they are new. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to screw up. We have to have the same grace for them to be able to be able to make the mistakes. Because even though I knew better, I still jumped off, uh, you know, uh, you know, a certain uh, spot on, in, the, in the house and I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. I did it anyway. I got my well, I got well, I got you know, uh, had a, I had a come to Jesus meeting, but yeah. the point of it is, I knew I not to do that, so I had to get creative in order how to sneak out of the you know a certain part of the house to do some <laughs> stuff. But the point of it is that we have one of the things in the education thing that we keep forgetting: we have to allow the room to make mistakes. Yeah, that's how innovation starts. That's how creativity starts, mm-hmm. and that's how we're basically, honestly, going to win in this movement because. We we cannot squelch it. We we have to allow that to to really fo- uh, foment, and yeah. we have to say it's okay that we we screwed up. Well, we, we screwed up, up too. We all <laughs> fuck up. Well, and I think that's, like, 
That's the thing I would say. Yeah. Go, going to back to that conversation about leadership, to me, I, when I think of a leader, I or at least my my own self in a leadership position, my goal is not to you know be the guy. My goal is to give people the skills that they need to go out and do their own like organizing and leading, mm. and so that at mm. some point they don't need me anymore. Exactly. And, yes. And so yes, it's because yes. it's not really about me. It's yes. about getting as many people into this as possible. That's that's exactly how I feel. Like we have to literally drive ourselves out of business. Right. Like we, if we're doing this right, if we're fighting for liberation, there shouldn't be a jazz. There shouldn't be a polo's pantry. You know, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be all the work that we do. If justice really existed, we didn't have to do that. No, if justice not. existed, and the work that we were doing we wouldn't have to exist. So, how do we drive ourselves to to, to being out of business? For me, <laughs> I I want to just give the people the tools. These, this is how you grow food. This is how you build mutual aid networks. This is all the things free for you guys to all to educate not only yourselves but your children and your mm-hmm. children's children. Like this is how you build. This is how you this is how you build a community garden and make that accessible to the people. And I and I love that we keep going back to education because it really is the thing yes, that will really, really help propel us from far. Propel us it, because again, it's like I think what we've 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 shown other states or other cities, a lot of people are looking at Los Angeles right now. And I even have friends from Oakland, freaking Oakland, who is like just <laughs> OG and all this, a lot of this shit to get respect from Oakland is fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that we're building places where people can come as themselves mm-hmm. and be part of this work. We'll finish this conversation after the break. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount+. And the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back to Weedy and Howe's 
Here's our grand finale, the rest of my conversation with Melissa Neal and Zen. And I think it's crazy because we have to also deconstruct this sort of like political electoral like electoral policy. I don't have no faith in it. Sure, absolutely no. zero. You should have zero faith, <laughs> zero yeah, faith no, in zero it. Faith. I have yeah. zero faith in it. And I think people need to hear that. Even like in the last election cycle, people were still throwing my name in the hat to like to run. And people think that I, I do this work. To, I'm like, no, dude, like I literally just do this work because I want to not because I have some fucking plan to like become like to run for CD2 or whatever. No, I don't care. This stuff is like because we have to take care of each other. And I think that we also have to be discerning of the people who come into our spaces and also Dude, there's a difference between discernment and being discriminate, like discriminating mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. If you can see what is their motive, mm-hmm. why are you doing this work? Why are you organizing with Jazz? All of a sudden, we don't know who you are. Exactly. You know? You, I mean, we have now an onboarding process. Oh, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. amazing. Amazing. Very important. It's very, very important. important. Yeah. Yes. Onboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has a lot to do with political education yes. and mm-hmm. values. Like, here, let's just start here. We don't, we stand for this as an organization, as all of us agreed that these are our values. If this does not apply to you or you're not interested in it whatsoever or you have the opposite views, this is not yeah. the space for you. Yeah. Like, right. yep. that's fine. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's maybe, totally maybe fine. Like, you can point somebody in a yeah, direction exactly. to the space where they do, would fit. But yeah. I think it's good to vet folks because, again, <laughs> yeah. our, our movements can, can get co-opted. Our movements can get yeah. infiltrated. We know that they have been. Mm-hmm. We have to protect each other, yeah. and we have to have honest conversations. With, you and I have had honest conversations with each other mm-hmm. about about just different things, and mm-hmm. I think we need to have more of those kinds of conversations so that we're able to protect each other in a way that's like that, that keeps it going. Right, and I, I think you know that's I've seen it firsthand uh, here locally. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's how that's how organizations yeah. fall apart very quickly. Yes, absolutely. It traumatizes everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. So. It does. It does. It does. It does. But I'm optimistic because I uh, told uh, uh, Zen earlier this year. I'm like, you know, this is a new year, the fresh beginning. Many of us have had some come come some through some challenges. Get that second win back. We have got to keep into, you know, like I say, you can get tired, but you can't give out. So I think this is where a perfect place to really reemphasize that because we are human beings. We're not automatons. We're going to be impacted by because we're dealing with violence. We've been we're coming with backgrounds for trauma and we need to acknowledge that. Um, and as well as though we are dealing with the trauma, we also must make sure we cannot re we transmitted that trauma to other people. And if that means oh, you have to take yeah. a step back and then not and spew I, that mess all on everybody else, then please do that. And then come back and then you can come back in a place that you are productive, you are um, halfway healed or yeah. healed to do what we need to be doing. And I think that's I think that's the added part I want to put into this conversation because I do believe what uh, what we went through, uh, <laughs> we needed to really because yep. because uh, I'm like okay, it was a lot of trauma. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, we need to work together, but you know, it, it, we we need to first let's because this was it was a mess. But like I said, we mm-hmm. really tried uh, in our way to to cling and get get stay together, and and we have to understand. Well, let's just take a moment. Take a breath. <laughs> you know, whatever that happens, hopefully they go and we'll just come back. And we, like I said, we 
get our second win. And I think that's important, too. We have to create spaces where it's like we're fighting violent systems. So we have to counter that with creating spaces that feel safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think like I oh, here like, or, or, or more violent or more. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's not violent or self-defense or self-defense. Yeah, yeah. Self-defense is also yeah. very yeah. important. That's true. And, and, and it's like, it's like you have to go back to like, say like, what do little babies need? Like to have, feel safe and feel connected, loved, feel seen and heard and, and also like celebrated. Mm-hmm. And we all need that. Inherently, yeah. as human beings, we all need that shit. And the government, for sure, is not giving us any of these things. Mm-mm. So if we create models of care in that way, what does that look like? I'm just trying to throw that out there so people can envision what that... Like, what, what's, what is little Zen? What is, you know, what is little us, all of us? Like, what is little us like? You know, what is it? What, and so give that. Like, create the... Create this... Create, like, the, you know create the wonderland for that for that little person mm-hmm. and i think if we cr- continue to create those things and we you know like you're not going to have healed people fighting each other Mm-mm. no like if you if you can support folks to really be at a space where like okay there's something going on with you mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something going on with you what is it what mm-hmm. is it because it's, it's not for sure anyone here you're bringing some energy that is not part of this place exactly right so what is it that's going on? Let's unpack that. So how can we create spaces where we can have honest conversations and be like, something's going on with you. Like, what's what's going on? How can we support what's happening with you? And if finally they're like, well, I had a, you know, or like, it could be one thing, but there's always a route to why they're feeling away. And we just have to like, be like, look, I'm sorry that happened. And just create a space where like, you know what I mean, to, to for people to be seen. And I think that's really what's missing yeah. in a lot of our movement spaces and our organizing spaces. Like, like, I'm sorry that happened to you. And even maybe that shift will allow people to be like, oh, you know, people see me in that space. And I think that's a good point, because I think that's what you said, you know, creating and understanding. You know, you know, we we got to deal with that, but we can't keep letting you come in and harm or whatever. However, right. we deal with the, the, uh, the situation. But. I think this is where a good place where we could end. I will end with this with, by the great singer Stevie Wonder when he says, if you have a heart, love somebody. And if your heart is big enough, love everybody. So what do you think? Yeah! yeah. I think this episode going to be good, too. They're going to be Before we close out, I wanted to share a few more thoughts from Neil, who I spoke with one-on-one. Um, and so the other thing I did was I connected to a local mutual aid organization and um, started just doing mutual aid on the street, harm reduction, you know, food distribution, trying to connect people to services and, and just building community, doing community events. And- so what's the difference between that mutual aid and then, for example, someone that's going like, because n- normally house people say, why don't they just go to a shelter? Why don't they just do this? What is the difference between mutual aid? Because I see the city has tried to hijack that term. And there's there is seem to be some definitely delineations that need to be made. So Sure. I mean, to me, I think a mutual aid in the simplest possible way is neighbors helping neighbors, people helping people to survive. And you know, that's what we've been doing. Survive against what? Survive against, well, anything that comes our way, but particularly uh, in the sort of hellscape <laughs> death uh, cult of capitalism, our survival is becoming increasingly um, precarious 
especially, you know, you think about the climate and, and, you know, income inequality, all these things, it's really difficult for people just to get the basic things that they need. And, um, and so I think of mutual aid as people directly building community through helping each other get the things that we need. Doesn't shelters do that? Doesn't the city do that? Well, I would never tell a person who wants to go into a shelter they shouldn't go into a shelter if that's what they want to do. Um, I've had many friends who have been woken up in the middle of the night with someone uh, with a knife threatening to kill them. And when they defended themselves, they were the one that got kicked out. They come with these rules. They get sep- people get separated from their partners. They can't bring their pets. Like, and, you know, and for women who are alone, there can be um, other sort of dangers that come. So I also point out, too, because there is another conversation point we don't talk about. If mothers have sons, they can't go into the shelters or because they are afraid because they are not the daughters in order. It's a little bit easier or the father has, you know, it it can be either way and it's not always accessible. And it's not always you don't come as you are with unfortunately, like where mutual aid groups accept you where you are. They meet you where you are. That's basically the point I've been hovering where the shelters have carceral rules. Um, They constantly remind you that you are the low, uh, lowest degree or low integer of humanity. But yeah, that's it. absolutely. And, and yeah, that's, that's the difference, I think, is that a shelter, the shelter systems, the way that they've been set up, um, there's any number of reasons why this is the case, but they are coercive. And mutual aid is fundamentally not coercive. We're not there to judge you for your lifestyle. We're not there to, uh, you know, tell you um, that you're yeah doing the wrong things or whatever. We're there to meet you where you are, to offer the support that you need to make you a member of the community and to remind people that, that you matter and that you, you deserve um, everything that you need to survive. So the difference between shelters, if that's what the people are looking for, mutual aid is a bit different. Okay, let's talk about philanthropy. Philanthropy, which I do have a point that I'm going to make. <laughs> I was reached out and giving a philanthropic kind of, uh, I guess it's a grant or something. Now, the grant is not a su- survivable wage of me to survive out here if I was to apply for it. They have these long applications. They have the short-term kind of deadlines. And then they want you to go into giving a dissertation, a doctoral dissertation, on why you should be deserving of the help. And once if you get this, this uh, modicum of, of money— you're supposed to make these grand issues uh, much more salient or much more palatable and in a way for the philanthropic entity to feel that, that they are doing something in the community when they're just basically just throwing a few crumbs. And when you know in the, the effects of capitalism, you're trying to survive. I was thinking, like, how in anybody to do this kind of work is going to pay their rent? How is anybody going to be able to be fed? Because rent is expensive here. Even if you like I'm living in SRO, even if that's the case, you you still are not going to sustain your Lord. Lord is not going to be okay with you. Well, I got a grant. Wonderful. But you ain't paying the rent. You're going to have a grant and be living out on the street. So that's one of the things that I that's one of the sticking points that I have of these philanthropic uh, uh, entities that love to uh, dole out money and love to have their names on these big glass walls or stairs or stars and things like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to me, the the core difference between philanthropic sort of giving and mutual aid is that in philanthropy, the person who is giving the money 
holds the strings. And they are often very, very strict about how that money can be spent and, you know, can be fickle. So one year they're willing to give that money, the next year they're not. And so as a community, it becomes really difficult to rely on that. And they also want to give through nonprofit organizations and the nonprofits, then their whole reason for being is to maintain a funding level. And so it doesn't become um, about solving the problem or, or, you know, ameliorating the harm. It becomes about like the struggle for their survival. It's, it's all a way, I think, for honestly wealthy capitalists to control the system while at the same time alleviating their guilt. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, Melissa Zinn and Neil. Please follow and support their work online. Melissa can be found at www.melissaacedero.com and www.polospantry.org. Zinn's work can be found at jtownaction.com and you can follow Neil's Substack at neilblakeboard.substack.com In the next episode, Weedian Howes hits the road and lands in San Diego. Activist Amy Zamudio takes me around and I interview residents that were victims of hospital dumping as well as vigilantism and the cruel San Diego camping ban that's been recently enacted. Be ready to hear our next episode on San Diego hospital dumping and the impact it's had on the community. And don't forget about us. You can stay up to date and in touch with Weedian House at www.weedianhouse.com and on Instagram at Weedian House. It's been a pleasure hearing from new and returning listeners. If you want to submit your own story or a friend, don't hesitate to reach out. That's it for this week. May we again meet in the light of understanding. Weedian House is a production of iHeartRadio. It is written, hosted, and created by me, Theo Henderson. Our producers are Jamie Loftus, Lyra Smith, and Katie Fisher. Our editor is Adam Wong, and our logo art is also by Katie Fisher. Thanks for listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.